So for this episode, we're actually going to flip the script a little bit. A number of listeners have requested, actually, that I share a little bit more about who I am and my story. So I have invited my new friend, Jordan, to interview me. So I am the guest on this podcast, and we have just been chatting about more or less what we're going to talk about. But I have no idea what she's going to ask me, so we're just going to do it the way we do all these episodes. Welcome to Integral Women Podcasts, where women from around the world share insight and wisdom in the time it takes to drink a cup of coffee. I'm your host, Sierra Melker. Before we get started, it would be very helpful if you'd leave a review on iTunes, if possible. Your response and your feedback really helps with analytics. Also, head to my website, integral-women.com, where you can find out more about my one-on-one mentoring, virtual sisterhoods, and books. Jordan, thank you so much for interviewing me. <laughs> oh, what a gift it is to be here. Thank you, Sierra. Yeah, so some context for the listeners out there. Sierra is a new friend of mine, so this is just as helpful for me as for you um, in getting to know you better, what's led you to this work, to this life, and what's on your heart these days. Mm. So maybe even starting with that, what is on your heart these days? Oh, my heart's full these days. Like, I need to unbutton the top button, right? Like, that's how full. Yeah, I stepped into this year of 2020 with, it it almost feels like rocket fuel, just like, Mm. just really amplified in not only with clarity of the work that I want to do in the world, but with some wild new vision that I can actually do it. Mm. <laughs> Which I think for from outsiders, it's always easy to look and be like, oh, she's got it. She's always had it. And the inside scoop is no. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. Mm-hmm. Right? How we show up in the world, how we do what we do. First of all, it's constantly evolving. But... I was definitely in sort of an incubation stage, Mm -hmm. doing stuff and still showing up, but sporadically. And this may end up being a little bit in Spanglish because every once in a while these words only come out in Spanish. Um, Like sporadically and con miedo. Like I just had this fear or the the lack of faith and trust in myself and in the process. Wow. So. And is there a clarity around where that shift came from has come from Hmm. is coming from yeah it is a multi-ingredient recipe um definitely being in connection and mentorship with other people who are just on fire and have that sense of clarity and purpose really really helps so i have gotten myself involved with two women in particular who are doing different kinds of work but their energy is contagious and so being in their spheres and being a member of their tribes has really helped with constant nudges and up leveling and like the logistic stuff but also the energetic stuff Mm. um I was also well on the way. So I had been gathering the kindling, Mm -hmm. so to speak, of the fire that is lit, right? And I, little by little, I'd go out and I'd gather something and I'd bring it back and I'd bring it back. But I had this pile of sticks, 
right? That wasn't doing much until the optimal conditions. Something I talk about a lot is like, what are the optimal conditions for this to actually work, mm. right? You can't light a fire if you don't have the kindling or the kindling's damp or, you know, there's certain ingredients for every successful situation. And depending on what the success you're going for, the ingredients are different. And so I, I did some speaking in the United States, some public speaking. I went to a couple of conferences and spoke in front of audiences last summer. And that gave me a whole new perspective on what was possible and who else was out there. That was the seed, actually, that was planted for this podcast. Mm. Like, there are so many incredible people and I want to talk to them. And, and I want to share what they have to say. I want to learn it and I want to share it. So that was where this originated. It took a while for that. The seed was planted, but it took a while for the seed to sprout. And it took some other conditions. So... I've been working on a couple of books for a couple of years and no one has them in hand yet and I was just ready. You and I have talked a lot about pregnancy and birth mm-hmm. and so this was, you know, it was in there, it was gestating. Definitely. Maybe that's the better word. I was gestating. I wasn't incubating, I was gestating. And and a bunch of things were like, you know, when a baby's ready, it's like, yeah, let me out. Oh, yeah. Let me out. I'm coming, whether you're ready or not. And so sometimes you just have to, like, sueltala. What is that? Uh, relax mm-hmm. and surrender mm-hmm. and let it happen. Mm-hmm. So things were coming, and I had been working hard in different ways, and now those ways have literally emerged into the world. I speak in metaphor. I'm, <clears throat> and I love it. Wow. <laughs> things you, I'm, a, I'm a poet myself. I love, the, I love how words can bring us to these new places. And yeah. That imagery, it is important. The, I mean, it's pretty clear that the things that seem to be emerging right now have actually been really being worked on for a long time and tended to with care and love and intention for a long time. They have. Thank you for seeing that yeah. and acknowledging it. Because I think one of the things most of us really struggle with, actually, is this false perception of where things come from mm-hmm. and how shit gets done Mm -hmm. Um, which is actually the foundation for the book that's coming out first is like how change really happens from the outside I looked like wasn't doing anything looked like I'm on vacation here in South America it's sunny every day I just drink coffee and then all of a sudden I have a podcast and a book to write right but that's I think every one of us knows when we think about it like how we appear on social media isn't an accurate representation of who we are. We know that for ourselves, but then we still look at everybody else's like representation, how they show up in the world, and we're like, oh, well, that's how they really are. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not true for ourselves. So that is the, a disconnect, but also like how, how things are birthed into the world, right? Oh, yeah. And how we, we make stuff. There's so much work that goes into a book, for example, or a business, or a painting, any creative act requires so much sort of secretive, internal, behind-the-scenes processing and effort. Since having written several books, and I'm about to publish several books, every time I look at a book now, every single book I've ever seen on any bookshelf, I look at it like... With, with so much awe, not just because of the effort and attention and energy that the author put into it, but how many people it actually takes to bring that into the world. Mm-hmm. And 
it's a similar metaphor, but actually birthing a baby for the most part is something a woman does all by herself. Mm -hmm. There might have been a small contribution in the beginning, and sometimes there's a team of people at the actual birth, but the whole gestation process and really the natural birthing process, she does all by herself. It doesn't matter who's in their room. Like you as a doula and my experience as a doula as well, I'm there, but I'm not doing any of the work. And yeah. and so the metaphor between a baby and a book, actually a book is a much more collaborative effort. And so I know how intense it is to give birth and have a baby. And now I'm learning how many people really contribute to every single book that's ever come out into the world and I am in total awe yeah I mean I know that you're going to do maybe future episodes specific for the books unless you do want to share more about them right now no let's save that for the next one maybe okay so saving that for the next one I'm curious what are the things that are calling your attention right now Mm. I don't know if it's outside of the books that you're doing or I can just spot a hustler when I see one and I know you got a lot going on. <laughs> so I'm just curious, you know, when, when you talk about all the things that have been gestating, like what are some of those things? Mm. I can feel it actually on my skin. I can feel a change. There is something happening in global awareness shifts And not only do I want to be a part of it, it's like a wave that I want to surf. It's not a wave that I want to be crushed under. So I, it's very subtle and I'm listening to and feeling into what it means to be okay with change. And, and I mean like paradigm shifting, how we think the world works, shift paradigm change which quite honestly can be terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and if if you resist it, I am not a surfer, just so that we're clear. <laughs> so I'm going to use a metaphor that I don't actually have any grounding with. But if you resist the ocean, you lose. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> if you, it does not work. You get let in and literally get dragged under and pummeled and all of this stuff. And I've had experiences in my life where I am trying to resist the ocean, right? Where things are happening and I am really giving it my all to refuse to accept it. And it tears me apart. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I soften and be like, oh, here are the waves, then I float and I move with it and it's magical and it's fantastic. My mentor gave me an image as a piece of advice once that I really hold. I was saying, like, I feel like the waves are just crashing over me, crashing over me, crashing over me. And she said two things. She said, one thing you can do is actually just dive deep. Go deep, and under the waves, it's calm down there. I was like, oh, okay. Or you can just splash around and play with it like the dolphins. Mm -hmm. And so there was just, like, this... And that is very metaphorical in how we respond to, like, what's happening outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I'm also very protective of my energetic and sort of psychic container of what information I, I let in. Because so much of what I notice in the news and in social media is panic-driven and 
it just freak it freaks me out it freaks other people out and it is heavy and depressing and i think it is it's a one of the instinctual responses to oh change is coming mm. right and so it's coming from this sense of fear and panic but when i'm in that state i get dragged down with it mm-hmm. and so i'm practicing the the softening to float and to play wow I don't know. What a beautiful, but you know, what a be- what a beautiful way to live. And it's powerful too to surrender. I mean, to surrender is a powerful thing. And and to know when to fight is a powerful thing and to know when to dive deep. All those are such important distinctions and and you do actually need all of them to surf right like yeah. you gotta dive into the wave you got two non-surfers <laughs> diving into this metaphor here we are i was like I'm, yeah i totally surf no no there's no surfing at me. <laughs> like, like i love the ocean i respect the ocean yeah salt water makes me gag oh so man yeah i mean not, not my thing the ocean the ocean is a it is a powerful space though and a definitely a powerful teaching place with metaphors and just in real time yeah. teaching you humbling you and in the ways that life does too but something so like something i hear from you just as a as a new friend as a listener all these things like i'm just curious zooming out from all the things you do women's circles podcasts books all these things how have you become this person who believes this way who can have such heart who who mm-hmm. has hope for the world for change for yourself you know what what has been either who are what are the ingredients that have made that Sierra come to life or is there a person or mentors you you mentioned mentorship a lot so the very brief story is I think I got to spend the bulk of my first 28 years of life struggling really disconnected from myself and from the world struggling in a variety of ways you know, through schooling and through emotional stuff and just being so fundamentally lost to myself. Mm. And I do say I got to do that because I think so many of us still think that struggle is a burden and it's something that you shouldn't have. And But every single pain point that I have has a corresponding gift. And, and I don't just mean gift. I mean, like, unbelievable glory spot. Mm. Um So I struggled in school. That made me an incredible teacher. Mm. I knew how to break things down into understandable parts, and I could relate to people who really didn't get it because I really didn't get it. And I taught it to myself, and I figured it out, so that made me an incredible teacher. Um, The only man that I've ever been in love with, I got to totally fall into that and be pummeled by it. Mm. I had my heart and soul cracked open six times and I kept on like getting back into it and I was mm. like, this pain is so delicious. I've never let myself feel so heartbroken before because I'd always protected myself from it. And and so even the most painful heartache taught me so much. Yeah. And in addition, I think of every relationship that I've ever been in, whether I let myself love or not, I think I gained so much from that. And even that, you know, repetitive heartbreak, I gained a country, I gained a language, I got a whole new exposure to the world than the part of the world that I want to live in, which has fed who I've become. And 
I know that when we're in it, I know for myself, when I'm in it, I don't see where it's going and I don't see what it's going to gift me. And, and that's what is hard about struggle is that we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel and we don't know, blah, blah, blah. And I know I'm not done. I know the shit's going to hit the fan again because it does. I just know that it does. But the more that I can see this pattern being proved over and over again in my past, it does help. I call it like putting parentheses around an experience. Mm. So like, here's this part of the mathematical ex- equation. And all you have to do is like in here, here's the expression. Here's here's what's happening. And instead of being like, this is what my whole life is going to be like forever and ever, which is what struggle feels like. And it just makes it worse. I can look at it and say, yes, this is my experience. And it is, this is what it feels like. But I also fundamentally know that it's not going to be true for my whole life. And there is some learning and growing, whether I can see it or not, coming out of this shit show. <laughs> I fully lost the question that you asked no, me. No, no. What, what has shaped you? You know, who, like, <laughs> you who are you? I mean, that, that, I feel so, like that, that is it in so yeah. many ways. All the ways that we can try and find out, like, what's on this person's business card? Right. Whatever. <laughs> like, that just doesn't matter. And in the end of the day, yeah. when I sit here and I talk with you and I wonder why when I first met you, one of the first people I met when I came to Medellin, that I was, like, so in awe and knew that I met the person who I needed to meet to help transform this experience into what it's been. And I had that feeling, and it's because of that. It's because I was looking into the reflection of someone who believes that, who believes in the parentheses, who believes in the struggle that also creates the life yeah. and everything. And so... Yeah, that, I mean, that is more valuable. I still don't know a lot about what you do, and you know, and that's okay, but I think I know a lot more about who you are, and I appreciate that. And there's always time to share more about all the different business titles you've ever held and all those things. But yeah. And those are expressions of myself, mm-hmm. but they're not me. Yeah. The same way that where I'm from, yeah, it's an interesting detail, but it's not me. Mm-hmm. And I love the question, like, what shaped you, mm-hmm. right? Because that's different. So here we go, metaphor warning again. Um, <laughs> what shaped, you know, a stone isn't the stuff that the stone is made out of, mm-hmm. right? There's differences. Um, but I think when we ask, who are you and what do you do? We're asking, you know, tell me where you're from and, you know, what category can I put you in? And we are each so fundamentally many more of those things somebody could be an accountant and I automatically think what I think of an accountant Mm -hmm. right but I don't then also think that this someone is a person who like travels the world and you know started a green business because accounting is boring like I want to know somebody's soul yeah and and so the questions are different of like what are you made of and what shaped you? Mm-hmm. And so the experiences that we have and, yeah, the places that we're from, I think those are are shaping. Mm-hmm. And, and they are important. But each of us deserves better questions than, better like, questions. who are you and where are you from? Yeah, I mean, well, I and I love questions. And a question that me and my roommate um, love asking people, too, is, you know, what... What are the questions you like to ask others? As someone who interviews people, is there a question that's been helpful for you to get to know other people? Is there a question you wish more people would ask you? Ooh. So the first thing that you asked me is on the top of my list. 
what's on your heart what's on your heart i've never maybe never heard that exact question but i do love it like what's on your mind is a really common one but what's on your heart is different and so i think it's not the question in particular but the attention behind the question because you can feel a question that's just been asked over and over again and automatically and without intention but any question that is asked with any question that's asked with intention like lights me up Mm. Um, because it's about connecting and if the questions aren't helping connection and then the answers can't help the connection either oh yeah so what's on your heart is is there another question that you wish people would ask you more hmm no actually one of the the ways that I view my work in the world is the question asker I'm really skilled at listening and then asking the person who's been talking the question that they need to ask themselves so you asked is there a question that I wished more people asked me mm-hmm. no not I, nothing comes to mind but there are questions that I wish people were asking themselves mm-hmm. and so and that's what drives the work in the world because I am an authority and I am an expert in my fields of things I am good at what I do but no one is better at being you than you. Mm-hmm. No one has the capacity to do that as well as you. Um, and so my work is guiding people back to that, back to themselves. So from that place of grounding and focus and centered attention, becoming a priority in their own lives, they can do anything. So that's that and I think that might be a good place to leave us well I hope that there's more of this to come because it has only left me with more questions one for myself too you know which I love that you can bring that out even when you're talking and sharing this is you know about meeting your host when you talk about your life mission is to help get people to get back to themselves and ask the right questions for themselves I can even just feel my brain and mind turning about what what are the things I want to go inward about even in reflection of this conversation. So thank you for that. And I hope that there's just more opportunities. I think you should do this more throughout your podcast. (laughs) You know, I think you have a lot going on and there's a lot to share. And so I hope you do give yourself enough time to share your voice in it too. Thank you. Yeah, I will. Yes, there you go. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for being willing to do this with me. Oh yeah, thank you. And thank you all for listening. Well, something else will come soon, I am sure. I promise.